This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, and I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason Glick. What's going on? Hey, John. Yeah. So this week, like, you know, I'm going back into um, full movie tie-in mode, because, like, by the time this goes up, um, on, on the 6th, um, week, it's like, week from this, week from this coming Friday will be the um, premiere of, of Red. Like, the first, first movie based on, based on the work of, um, Warren Ellis. Hmm. Now, it's like, uh, and I'm, and I'm all for seeing the movie, I like, just on the fact that, like, yeah, I want to give, I'll make sure Warren Ellis gets my money, well, even more of our money, anyway. <laughs> but, um, I'm looking at the trailers, you know, it's like, um, I'm kind of, I'm slightly concerned about, like, how this is going to turn out, because, well, Ellis has, has endorsed, um, what he's seen about what he, how the movie's turned out. It's like, the uh, tone of the movie is substantially, as being substantially different from that of, that of the three-issue miniseries that it was based on. Yeah. And, um, it's like, it's like, the miniseries is basically about a guy named Paul Moses. Like, he is a happily retired government operative. Like, he worked in, um, foreign... Foreign acquisitions, which means he traveled around the world and killed a lot of but a lot of people, um, um, in, like for the because he believed that was a like for the good of the government, you know, because like he believed that was, that was the right thing to do at the time. And, like, and now, like he killed a bunch of people. He, he's a goddamn monster, and they basically told him, "Okay, you're done now, Paul. You can stop killing. You just go ahead and enjoy your retirement." And that's what he did for years. Until the um, current director of the CIA was shown his um, file, and they decided that a monster like him couldn't couldn't be allowed to live. So after he was so after so after the CIA um, killed him and sent to his house, he goes back to the CIA to, um, to settle scores. Now, this now on one hand, Ellis has said this is like basically about a story about the um, like the unexploded mines of the 20th century. It's like the, uh, the stuff that we we've left, we've left behind over the years to show. Like, as part of our incursions into other, into other other countries, like basically us, us as the world as the policemen of the world here, and um, that's what Paul that's what Paul Moses is. He's just going around, um, like he he's a guy who was um just like he was a monster, but he was our monster, someone something we created that we can control until we decided that you know he wasn't worth it any, anymore. And now it's like we it's like about him trying trying to settle scores and just. So I take control of his life right here. Now, from there, it's basically an exercise in style, in style and action because art comes from um, Cully Hamner, a very, very talented guy, guy who's got a great sense of style, character who's equally at home in, in showing um, character body language, um, like displaying emotion, and as well as like generating tension as well, and like showing, fighting, and planning out what sequences, uh, what angle is best for like showing you the best, showing a great action scene. I mean, these. This is three issues, and it's it's uh, it's very entertaining. It is very very entertaining. It's like just seeing just the action scenes, like when Paul um, is attacking his home. It's like takes like a nice like um like um vertical um what like vertical like it's hor- no sorry horizontal on panel scenes where he like like you're watching a movie where he's like he's um dodging dodging things in his house um like killing killing the bad guys and just um. And showing the action as it happens, it's like just kind of like you're watching, like you're virtually watching a movie right here. Now it's it's very very stylish and it and it's like it's great fun throughout the throughout the rest of the series. Like watching Paul watching Paul um kill bad guys in very inventive ways. Like I'm looking at this one scene right here where he just like shoves an arrow through a guy's head just because he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. And also got some, something interesting to say about just like you know like about America's um. Plans for um, 
like how it has approached its um, position as world's policeman over the years. It's good stuff, but the thing is, like looking at the uh, what I've seen of the uh, trailers um, for Red, it strikes me as like instead of like just being a very tense, um, like like very like, very tense um like stylish exercise in violence and just, like um, accounting for America's um like like actions over the course of years, it strikes me as we're getting um grumpy old retirement go- retired government operatives now. I'll admit the trailer looks looks pretty entertaining, and you know, you've got Bruce Willis, you got um, Morgan Freeman, you got um, John Malkovich, you got Helen Mirren. I mean, like, Ellison said that hey, you know, if you don't want to see Helen Mirren with a sniper rifle in a movie, then he then he doesn't think you can be, be they, that he can be friends with you anymore. So hey, I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt right here, and you know, I'm also willing to bet that like you know it's like he that all the money he's got for um like for like like as part as be, for having the movie adapted like has has some sort of role in there as well, but still, it looks like we're getting like um, I don't know what's like if we're gonna get something that's actually true to the spirit of the film of the, of the original source material. Um, um, in that in the movie, I mean, it could be entertaining for entirely different reasons, but you know, I don't know. It's like I'll I'll wait and see what the movie what the movie's like, and if it's if it turns out all right, then if I if the reviews are good, then you know like I'll probably go check it out, but I'm. But you know, it's like I'll be. Uh, it's like I'm hold I'm holding my breath for movie adaptation, as much as I like all the. Uh... You okay over there, John? Yeah, I'm fine. <clears throat> okay. Can you as hear me coughing? Like... Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, especially I like the. Uh, especially I like the actors involved. Um, I'll be I'll be wait I'll be holding my breath to see how this how this how this um how this adaptation turns out. Now, oh. the interesting thing about Red though is that it was initially issued. Um, as a flipbook, like it was like illustrated a bunch of three issue miniseries for Wildstorm, Wild for DC's Wildstorm imprint, and um, it was um, originally published with another series called Tokyo Storm Warning, which you know wasn't bad, but you know it's basically like a like Ellis's take on like the giant like the giant robot um, genre in Japan, and it's basically it's it's a story it's a story of that ha- that has a great ending. Um, but doesn't have actually have a great story in and of itself. So, but this one Amer- American girl who's um like attached to part of this new part of some new Japanese giant robot squad, and she learns she gets she's our point of view character. We get get to see the uh, get to see the act get to see the action, and it's you know it's all right. But it's the only thing that's really interesting aside from is the end when we find out like where these giant robots are coming from and where and what they were born out of. That was that was cool. Um, everything beforehand, it's just kind of like, like you know, you're better just going, you're better off just going and watching an old Godzilla or Ultraman movie, you know. Now, that, that said, you, I know I mentioned this comes from, comes from DC's Wildstorm imprint, and as as you'll know, like about a week ago, um, Wildstorm was um announced being closed officially closed down by by DC Comics. Now, okay, John's like, if I told you, if I need you. Told you to like, name your favorite like a Wildstorm comics or name any comic that's come from Wildstorm. Um, you'd be hard pressed to think of anything, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Because originally it was um, it was Jim Lee's um, imprint that came from that he started up when he um, formed Image Comics, and this was home to Wild to Wildcats, Stormwatch, um, and, a couple, and like other other titles. But you know, it's like for for a, for a long time, I like, think it was it was generally just crap. 
you know, because it's because as well as great an artist as, as Lee was, like he man's talent was in art, not storytelling, and a lot of the stuff just you know it's like it's telling that usually it's like that none of this has been reprinted. Um, is is proof of the fact that hey you know it wasn't worth reading in the first place. And, hey, if you're if you're willing to dispute me, hey you know it's like my you know where my website is, so just go ahead and tell me otherwise. But still, it's like um most people probably I'm willing to bet most people probably agree with me that like this this the imprint did actually start getting good until Alan Moore and Warren Ellis showed up. Now Moore, um as you know is probably one of the greatest comic writers of the of, the, of uh, like the last couple of decades, he's been like changed the changed the uh, like basically raised the bar of comic book storytelling in Watchmen and V for Vendetta, as well as the Swamp work on Swamp Thing and various other DC titles, and then he came to work um, for uh, work on on Wildcats, and his work there basically proved that you know it's like that when he's just when he's slumming it when like when the Alan Moore is at his lowest ebb, he's still better than most people out there because. The sto- storyline basically involved a new group of wildcats. I'm um, like, taking, like, I'm taking charge and being more proactive, um, taking on more proactive role against the criminal element, and eventually, like, leading, leading to like an all-out gang war. While the other, while the other group of wildcats find out the war they've been fighting, the, the basically the whole war the series has been predicated on has been over for about um, a couple hundred years. Once they go to visit the home, visit one of their home worlds, it's like you can find this all in like and there's like big big one like the uh like Alan Moore's complete wildcats and you know, it's not bad but the thing is but like Moore doesn't he he doesn't have a whole lot to work with here because the character cause the characters here that he's get that he's left with are just kind of like like ciphers you know just like they're basically like meant to emulate um cooler characters that they left behind that the creators left behind when they in the Marvel universe and they went to work on their own characters and it's just and it's mostly notable for the fact that he gave us that, that Moore um, that Moore introduced us to Tao, um, the um, the great schemer who pitted the wild wildcats against each other, who started the gang war, and would go on to um, star in to um, no not star basically be a, basically form the main antagonist role in Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips' um, excellent sleeper series. And beyond that, it's like it's like it's not totally worth worth a lot because also because like it's like. Essentially, the series was, the series was supposed to have like art from Travis Charest, but while he provided the majority of the art for for Moore's run, like there are like fourteen or fifteen different artists working on the like uh, fifteen issues that that Moore wrote, and it's like that's just absolutely insane. I mean, it's like you got like like three different artists working on the same issue, and it's just crazy. It's like it's like there's like there's like hardly any visual consistency throughout the throughout the uh, Throughout the arc, and it's like it's, I don't know. It's like it's it's I guess it's entertaining, but it's kind of like you know, it's like if you, it's it's more it's like if you want to check see see how Onward works in like in the main superhero modern superhero universe, and it's worth checking out. But overall, it's kind of like you know, hey, if you if you don't want to check it out, you're not missing much. But still, um, the other the other creator who um. Contributed a lot to Wildstorm is Warren Ellis, and he, and um, upon its passing, Ellis said that he, one thing he liked most about um, Wildstorm was that once they, um, that once they um, gave him the gave him the project, they just got out of the way and let him do whatever he wanted, and like that that proved they proved great dividends for them. Cause, like he took Stormwatch from being just like a uh, 
random superhero team being um, the example of how gover- showing how um, how how superhero team will fu- function over, under government authority. Eventually, um, by turning um, turning the team into the authority and and um, redefining a modern superhero superhero action with the team. Like once he realized that, hey, you know, it's like, oh, it's kind of funny. It's like he talked about how um, how. Um, image kept kicking the and write Stormwatch because like hey, you know we, they liked the series even though no one was reading it, so that basically I'm um, like like prompted him to like okay now I gotta take this take this to the next level and so that's when he created the authority out of Stormwatch, so that that was kind of cool and it worked and and those um 12 issues that he that did with the authority were great and also led to um some of um, Mark Miller's better work well I have to go back and reread it one of the um. Reading him to see if it's actually just good or just like if I was just blinded by the um, buzz at the time, mm-hmm. but um, and then like it led on to his um his own like um other create create own stuff like which which led to um stuff like like Red Tokyo Storm Warning Reload, um Mech and um and Oceans like he so he had a great he had a like a fruitful relationship with Wildstorm, um up until the point that you know it's like they um at DC basically uh. Decided, hey, you know what? We um, like, we're not gonna like, it's like we're not gonna like um, give give Watson like the uh, like the, ex, the the attention it needs and deserves. So, so like, hey, like, like sucks to be you. So, it's so basically, like, I mean, like Rich Johnson over at um, um, Bleeding Cool basically like outlined this um, better. It's like he. Like basically, like the demise of Wildstorm is due to um, neglect on part of DC. I mean, they they basically um, undercut the undercut them at every at every angle when it's like in terms of like like editorial interference, like tight like wanting to tie it in tighter to the D, to DC continuity. Basically, like this Wildstorm universe is now one of the um, 52 um, different worlds of, um, as part of the DC that, that are part of the DC multiverse, and um, they also like um, killed. This he killed the mature readers' imprint, which gave us um, Joe Casey's great, great Wild Wildcats 3.0, like eat, like which is great, best great stuff. Um, even better than um, Moore's run on the series, which you know it's like, hey, I, saying like I, um, another writer had a better run in the series than Alan Moore. That doesn't happen, period. But still, it's like I'm looking forward to reading um, uh, the second year of um, Joe Casey's run, assuming it ships um, from from DC um, next year. But we'll see about that. But, but um, Casey also had a, like a point when he talked about like his his tenure with Wildstorm. Basically, like he he was he was proud to be a part of this part of the imprint when it was at the cutting edge of superhero action, and then uh, he was proud to be to um to have left the series when left the imprint when it wasn't. So that's pretty much how it is. It's like um because for the last couple of years, like all um Wildstorm has just been like circling the drain. It's just, like it's just been fun watching. It's been there's been a sick thrill on it, like watching, watching their series, their their um like series like Wildcats, The Authority, Stormwatch, just circle um Gen thirteen, circle the drain, like as um like as DC um just like just tries to um tries to figure out what to do with it because like the um the watch from relaunch which is supposed to be like heralding like hurling the imprint back to greatness like with under the like under the guidance of um Grant Grant Morrison. As he wrote um, the Authority and Wildcats, that was um, stillborn after Morrison um, left. I wasn't convinced by DC editorial to come back to, the, to focus on his efforts on DCU stuff as opposed to Wildstorm, his Wildstorm titles. So that stuff, that stuff was that stuff was, was gone left left for dead. 
And now we get it's like, and then like the rest of the stuff. Well, I really liked um, Christos Gage's um, like Stormwatch Post-Human Division series. That was a good example, of like um, street-level superhero superheroes, kind of like um, just like a good cop show only with only superhero action. It's like, and Gage is good with that stuff. So like, that's that's like the most modern Wildstorm stuff I've bought. I mean, like, as opposed, well, I guess it's also on Peter Milligan's on the program, which I talked about in, on the blog, and that's done. I was junk. So, but still, it's like, you know, like the series, the Empire is circling the drain, and people are wondering, like, well, when is this, it's the plug going to be pulled? And well, now we have our answer. So, you know, I like to say that I'm sad about about the demise of Wildstorm, but you know, it's like it was dead years ago. So, so like now it's just kind of you, we've just all DC did, did with this announcement is just like they went and shot the zombie in the head. So that's 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 all it is. So you know, I I'd like to have seen um seen uh, Casey resolve resolve his Wildcat storyline. I'd like to have seen um more more stuff with the Alan Moore's America's Best Comics imprint. I like I like to have seen like them. To a more fruitful relationship with Warren Ellis, if he just giving him more more freedom to do stuff. But you know, it's like all that stuff's in the past. So, so in the end, it's like all they did was just they just killed DC, just killed the zombie. And you know, it's like I just hope hope that we'll we'll get a couple a couple good couple good tree paperbacks out of the stuff stuff in their backlist. So other than that, well. Hey, it's still part. The characters um, are still part of DC's multiverse. So if someone, if someone really wants to um, explore them again, they're free to. Other than that, well, just imagine me pouring, pouring forty on their grave and then and walking away. Huh. So, yeah. So I don't know. It's like I kind of wonder if like if Myron would have something to say about this because I know it, I'm pretty sure that he's probably had a. He's probably been. He's probably much more involved with them while. With um, Jim Lee's stuff back in the day, but mm-hmm. well, I well, I have to ask him next time I see him. Then. Yeah, yeah, okay. And on that note, everyone, we're gonna call a night, and then we'll I'll see you again in two weeks' time. Alrighty, we'll, we'll catch you later. Okay, bye. Bye.